Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the Science of Success with your host, Matt Bonner. Welcome to the Science of Success. I'm your host, Matt Bodner. I'm an entrepreneur and investor in Nashville, Tennessee, and I'm obsessed with the mindset of success and the psychology of performance. I've read hundreds of books, conducted countless hours of research and study, and I'm going to take you on a journey into the human mind and what makes peak performers tick with a focus on always having our discussions rooted in psychological research and scientific fact, not opinion. In this episode, we discuss how a twist of phrase made 50% of doctors choose a more dangerous medical procedure. What explains an 88% difference in organ donations in two similar countries and how experts can make vastly different choices based on the exact same data as we explore the framing bias. As the science success continues to grow with more than 400,000 downloads, listeners in over 100 countries, hitting number one new and noteworthy, and much more, I'm giving away something awesome to my listeners every single month. This month, I'm giving away a $100 Amazon gift card to one lucky listener. All you have to do to be entered to win is to text the word SMARTER, that's S-M-A-R-T-E-R, to the number 44222. Again, that's SMARTER to 44222. 222 to be entered to win. You can also enter to win if you're not in the United States by going to our website, scienceofsuccess.co, that's scienceofsuccess.co, and putting in your email address, joining our email list. It's that simple to be entered to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Lastly, if you want to get 10 extra entries into the giveaway, all you have to do is leave a positive review on iTunes and email me a screenshot of that review to my email, matt at scienceofsuccess.co. That's M-A-T-T at scienceofsuccess.co. In our last episode, we examined the incredible factor controlling people's decision-making that 86% of people were completely unaware of. What causes voters to care more than parents about funding the school system and how the word Florida makes people behave like the elderly. 
as we explored the priming effect. If you want to understand how your environment is controlling your decisions, even without you realizing it and what you can do about it, listen to that episode. Today, we're going to explore how the way things are presented can have huge implications for our decisions without us ever realizing it. How a simple change of wording can dramatically influence multiple different medical outcomes, what accounts for an 82% difference in organ donation rates, and how much of this operates at a subconscious level beyond our conscious experience. This episode is going to focus on drilling down and understanding a specific cognitive bias, a mental model, to help you start building that mental toolkit that we've talked about in previous episodes. When we did the interview with Shane Parrish and we did the interview with Michael Malbison, both of those episodes dig down and drill in and explain the concept of making better decisions by building a toolkit of mental models of different ways of understanding the world, ways of understanding reality. And if you want to drill down and and get to the fundamentals about why you should build that toolkit and how it's important, I highly recommend checking out both of those interviews. The mental model that we're going to focus on today is framing bias. Framing bias, along with priming, which we covered in the last episode, and anchoring, which we're going to cover in the next episode, are all cognitive biases that you want to know, understand, and be aware of so that you can add them to your mental toolbox so that you can be a more effective decision maker and so that you can understand reality more effectively. I wanted to start out with a quote from the book Nudge by Richard Fowler. Great book, very focused on framing and describing framing and its implications. Quote, The false assumption is that almost all people, almost all the time, make choices that are in their best interest or at the very least are better than the choices that would be made by someone else, end quote. One of the things we're going to discover about the framing bias is that often when we make choices, we think that we're making choices based on logic, based on morality, based on rationality, but in many cases, The entire basis for why we made the decision is the frame. And by the frame, I mean the entire basis for the reason that we made that decision is simply the way the question was worded. The framing effect or the framing bias is a cognitive bias in which people react to a particular choice in a different way depending on how that choice is presented. There are three particular books that I really like that that talk about framing explain it and drill down into it. The first is is Nudge by Fowler and Sunstein, and I quoted from Nudge a moment ago. The second is a book that we've talked about in the past, Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman. Again, that book is very dense, very technical, but also incredibly rich in information. Uh, Not the best starter book if you want to go down this path and learn about a lot of these topics, but unquestionably a book you must read if you ever want to have a deep understanding of how some of these biases work. Lastly, Think Twice by Michael Malbison. Again, previous podcast guest, someone that we've talked about. If you want to get uh, a slice or a view of how Michael thinks about the world, definitely listen to the interview that we did with him. But Think Twice by Michael is an amazing book that really covers a number of different cognitive biases and especially drills down and explains very effectively the framing bias. 
So we're going to look at a few different examples of how the framing bias can shape and impact our decision making or shape and impact the decision making of people that we often consider experts. And remember, in the podcast episode in the past, we talked about the authority bias when we went through the weapons of influence series, the authority bias. Many times we think that people in authority have a special view on the world, that they know more than we do, that they make better choices than we do. In reality, authority many times doesn't matter. It doesn't make that big of a difference. Authority gives us a sense of confidence, gives us a sense of certainty, but it's often falsely placed confidence, falsely placed certainty. And you'll, and you'll see that in a number of these examples. Let's drill into the first example. The first example was a study conducted by Kahneman and Traversky in conjunction with Harvard Medical School. Again, we're talking about serious experts here. This study was a classic example of the concept of emotional framing. The participants in the study were physicians. So these are not students. These were doctors. These were practicing physicians. They were given statistics about two different treatments for lung cancer. One option was surgery. The other option was radiation. The statistics they were given, the five-year survival rate clearly favored surgery, but there was a little bit of a twist. Surgery is slightly riskier than radiation in the short term. So the actual statistics were that the one-month survival rate for surgery is 90%, right? Or if you look at that another way, there's 10% mortality in the first month of surgery. But going back to the data, thinking about and looking at the data, remember the data that the doctors were given clearly showed that Surgery was the better option long-term for all of the patients. The results, 84% of the physicians chose surgery as the option when they were told that the one-month survival rate for surgery was 90%. When the physicians were told instead that surgery has a 10% mortality rate in the first month, again, these are the same sides of the coin, right? One is 90% survival obviously implies a 10% mortality rate. But the doctors were only told one of those two sentences. The doctors that were told not that surgery had a 90% survival rate, but rather that surgery has a 10% mortality rate in the first month. Those doctors, only 50% of them chose surgery. A 34% difference in the outcome. Surgery was clearly the optimal procedure, clearly the best choice in all instances, but just a slight tweak of the frame, a slight tweak of the wording resulted in the doctors in the second case, the doctors that were presented with the fact that surgery has a 10% mortality rate in the first month, 34% fewer of those doctors made the recommendation of surgery. So from 84% down to 50%, that's a massive change in something that seems so obvious, right? If, if there's a 90% survival rate, clearly that means there's a 10% mortality rate. But the way that our brains are wired, the way that the human mind is structured is that presenting something or as we would say, framing something. Remember, we're talking about the concept of framing, framing something a different way, even though logically they're equivalent, logically they're exactly the same thing, but framing them in a different way. This procedure has a 90% survival rate versus this procedure has a 10% mortality rate. You know, even, it even sounds better. It sounds safer. I'd rather have the procedure with a 90% survival rate, but they're the same thing. And these doctors at the Harvard Medical School were influenced simply by that framing. Only 50% of them chose the optimal procedure when they were presented with that procedure having a 10% mortality rate, whereas 84% of them chose the procedure when they were presented that it had a 90% survival rate. 
As Kahneman says, quote, medical training is evidently no defense against the power of framing, unquote. The scary implication here is that most of us passively accept the way that problems are framed, and therefore we don't often have the opportunity to discover that our decisions and our preferences are what Kahneman and Tversky call frame-bound rather than reality-bound, i.e. the way the question is framed and presented changes the way we feel about it, changes the ultimate decision that we make. This is not the only example of framing having a major implication in the way that experts feel and think about life and death outcomes. Another example is what Kahneman Tversky call the Asian disease problem. In this study, Kahneman Tversky had respondents look at an imaginary disease outbreak, which is expected to kill 600 people. They were proposed with two alternative solutions, which were phrased slightly differently. And this gets into the concept of of one of the core tenets of something called prospect theory, which we'll talk about in detail in a future episode of the podcast. But it's something that Kahneman and Tversky created and discovered and are, uh, in many ways, one of the things they're best known for. Anyway, there's a disease that threatens the lives of 600 people. The first frame, the first option that was presented was a choice between A and B. In program A, 200 people's lives will be saved. In program B, there's a one-third probability that 600 people will be saved and a two-thirds probability that no one would be saved. Okay, so program A, guaranteed saving 200 lives. Program B, one-third chance of saving 600 lives, two-third chance of killing everybody. A substantial majority of the respondents chose program A, right? They chose the certainty of saving 200 lives. Now, it's important to note here that statistically, those outcomes are identical, right? The expected value is identical between the two. 200 is one-third of 600. So really, we're looking at do people prefer a safe choice or do people prefer the gamble, right? And this will come into play when we look at the second frame. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
second way that the same decision was proposed is that if program A is adopted, 400 people will die. If program B is adopted, there's a one-third probability that nobody will die and a two-third probability that 600 people will die. If you think about it, program A and program A are identical, and so are the consequences of program B and program B. In the second frame, a large majority of people chose to gamble. They chose program B, right? And this ties back to the same concept, the same idea of framing. But it gets at something else. When people are faced with dangerous outcomes, they prefer the sure thing over the gamble when the outcome is a good outcome, i.e. that this is, this is also known as being risk averse. That's why people, when the frame is presented as saving 200 lives or gambling to save 600, people prefer the sure thing. They, they're risk averse. They want to just lock in the 200 lives that they can save. However, when outcomes are negative, people are risk seeking. They tend to reject the sure thing and accept the gamble. When the same exact question is phrased as option A, 400 people die, option B, a one-third chance of saving 600 people or a two-thirds probability of all of them dying, people vastly prefer the gamble. Previously, the same exact conclusion has been discovered in a number of different contexts looking at money, looking at how people behave in the financial markets. This is tied to the concept of loss aversion, which we touched on in the interview with Michael Malbison. The fascinating thing about this is this also demonstrates the same tendency takes place when we're talking about health outcomes, when we're talking about people's lives. As Kahneman says, quote, it is somewhat worrying that officials who make decisions that affect everyone's health can be swayed by such a superficial manipulation. But we must get used to the idea that even important decisions are influenced, if not governed, by System 1, end quote. And again, System 1, we talked about this in the last episode, but System 1 This isn't a perfect description, but roughly speaking, system one, think of it as your subconscious sort of rapid decision-making mind. So the Asian disease problem is a great example of looking at how the same exact outcome can be framed in two separate ways. It almost seems silly talking about it because logically it's so obvious that if you save 200, the other 400 will die, right? Or even thinking about the experiment with the Harvard Medical School, something has a 90% survival rate. It's the exact same thing as a 10% mortality rate, but just explaining it in a different way, changing the frame substantially changes the way that people act. And it's a very important thing to remember and to consider that when people are facing good outcomes, they'd rather be risk averse. They'd rather lock in the sure thing, right? They'd rather save those 200 people. But when it's framed as a negative outcome, even though it's the same situation, when it's framed as condemning 400 people to die, they prefer the gamble of trying to save everyone. So in both of those scenarios, the situations were actually identical, but changing the frame changed the way a substantial majority of the respondents selected the outcome that they preferred. Now we're going to look at another example. This one, you may have heard of this. It's a very often cited, very common example of how framing can have a substantial impact on another medical outcome. A study that was originally published in 2003 looked at the rates of organ donation in a number of different countries, and and countries that they tried to compare were demographically and culturally similar to see why they had these massive gaps. And the two that they looked at specifically, they looked at comparing Austria and Germany, right, two very culturally similar nations, uh, and they looked at comparing Sweden and Denmark. The organ donation rate in Austria is near 
almost at 100%. But the organ donation rate in neighboring Germany was only at 12%, right? What factor could explain the 88% gap between those two outcomes, the 88% gap in organ donation rates in two countries that by and large are very similar and, and the, the inhabitants of each country behave very similarly, live very similar lives, have very similar traditions, morals, standards, cultural practices, etc. Similarly, Sweden had an 86% organ donation rate. Denmark's 4%. These massive gaps, and these are, these are life-changing outcomes here. Imagine if you have an entire population of organ donors versus a population where only 4% of people donate their organs. This is something that's a life and death thing for many, many people. This is changing people's lives, people who are, are looking for organ donations. The thing that was causing this was so, so simple. It was the framing effect. Again, these enormous differences are caused simply by the fact that in Austria and Sweden, the countries with extremely high organ donation rates, everyone is opted in to organ donating. And you have to, it's very simple. All you have to do is basically check a box and say, you know, I no longer want to be an organ donor. Vice versa, in the countries Germany, Denmark, you have to opt in to being an organ donor. That's it. That's the only difference. A simple checkbox, whether people are opted in by default to donating their organs or not. As Kahneman puts it in Thinking Fast and Slow, quote, that is all. The single best predictor of whether or not people will donate their organs is the designation of the default option that will be adopted without having to check a box, end quote. It's that simple. That's the crazy thing about the framing bias. These totally obvious, totally transparent, if you think about them logically, situations, people make crazy decisions or, or society makes vastly different decisions based on something as simple as, as taking two seconds to check a box. These outcomes have huge, dramatic changes for the societies that, that they're in. Or, you know, or if you're looking at or thinking about these medical outcomes, simply the way that something is framed can change the way somebody makes a decision that could impact their life very materially. That's why framing is so dangerous sometimes because we often don't understand how the frame is impacting the way we think about the problem. Here is another great quote where Kahneman really sums this up nicely from Thinking Fast and Slow. Quote, your moral feelings are attached to frames, to descriptions of reality rather than to reality itself. The message about the nature of framing is stark. Framing should not be viewed as an intervention that masks or distorts an underlying preference, at least in this instance, and also in the problems of Asian disease and of surgery versus radiation for lung cancer. There is no underlying preference that is masked or distorted by the frame. Our preferences are about framed problems, and our moral intuitions are about descriptions, not about substance, end quote. That's very important the way that he's phrased that. Our moral intuitions are about descriptions, not about substance. The way we viscerally feel about the option of saving 200 lives versus condemning 400 people, despite the fact that they're the same thing, our emotional, our moral preferences are about the frames themselves as opposed to the underlying reality. Thinking about the ways that this might impact our lives on a day-to-day on a -day basis, Fowler in the book Nudge has another great quote, quote, the first is that seemingly small features of social institutions can have massive effects on people's behavior. Nudges are everywhere, even if we do not see them. Choice architecture, both good and bad, is pervasive and unavoidable, and it greatly affects our decisions. He uses a few phrases in there that we haven't touched on before. Nudges, 
are what Fowler and Sunstein use in the book Nudge to describe some of these frames, to describe another thing he calls choice architectures. And the interesting thing is you can structure choice architectures in your own life in a way that can help you make better decisions. You can think about and be consciously aware of the frame. The sooner you become aware of it, the sooner you boil it down to the logic behind it. You can see through the illusion of the frame. You can see through the false choices that the frame creates and make much more effective and better decisions. Similarly, there are many, many ways that you can think about how can you frame things more effectively to achieve what you want to achieve. If you're presenting information to people, if you're trying to convince someone to do something, Think very carefully about how you have framed the situation because the frame itself, just the, the wording of the situation can have a, a dramatic impact on how people will react to it, on the decision that people will make, and on the way that they're going to feel about making that decision. Think back to the example of the, of the Harvard Medical School. Just a simple twist of the phrase, this, I think this project has an 80% chance of making it, or there's a 20% chance this project is going to end in failure. You know, if you're sending an email to your boss, if you're proposing something, if you're pitching investors, if you're teaching students, whatever it may be, think very carefully about the frames that you're using because the frames can have a serious impact on how people react and the decision they ultimately make down the road. Thank you so much for listening to the Science of Success. Listeners like you are why we do this podcast. The emails and stories we receive from listeners around the globe bring us joy and fuel our mission to unleash human potential. The greatest compliment you can give us is a referral to a friend, either live or online. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us an awesome review and subscribe on iTunes because that helps more and more people discover the science of success. As a thank you to you for being an awesome listener, I am giving away a $100 Amazon gift card. All you have to do to be entered to win is to text the word SMARTER, that's S-M-A-R-T-E-R, to the number 44222. Or if you're outside the United States, you can go to our website, scienceofsuccess.co, and join our email list. That will also enter you into the drawing for the $100 Amazon gift card. Lastly, if you want to reach out, you want to say hi, you want to connect with me, send me an email. My email address is matt. M-A-T-T at scienceofsuccess.co. That's matt at scienceofsuccess.co. I love hearing from listeners. Thanks again, and we'll see you on the next episode of The Science of Success. How to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.